chapter six of sowing and reaping by francis e w maharper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six for a few days the most engrossing topic in a p was what shall i wear and what will you wear there was an amount of shopping to be done and dressmakers to be consulted and employed before the great event of the season came off at length the important evening arrived and in the home of mr glossop a wealthy and retired whisky dealer there was a brilliant array of wealth and fashion could all the misery his liquor had caused been turned into blood there would have been enough to have oozed in great drops from every marble ornament or beautiful piece of fresco that adorned his home for that home with its beautiful surroundings and costly furniture was the price of blood but the glamour of his wealth was in the eyes of his guests and they came to be amused and entertained and not to moralise on his ill-gotten wealth the wine flowed out in unstinted measures and some of the women so forgot themselves as to attempt to rival the men in drinking the barrier being thrown down charles drank freely till his tones began to thicken and his eye to grow muddled and he sat down near jeanette and tried to converse but he was too much under the influence of liquor to hold a sensible and coherent conversation oh charlie you naughty boy that wine has got into your head and you don't know what you are talking about well miss jenny i believe you're about half right my head does feel funny i shouldn't wonder mine feels rather dizzy and miss thomas has gone home with a sick headache and i know what her headaches mean said jeanette significantly my head said mary gladstone really feels as big as a bucket and i feel real dizzy said another and so do i said another i feel as if i could hardly stand i feel awful weak why girls you are all all tipsy now just don't ride up and be done with it said charles romaine why charlie you are as good as a wizard i believe we have all got too much wine aboard but we are not as bad as the girls of b s for they succeeded in out drinking the men i heard the men drank eight bottles of wine and they drank sixteen alas for these young people they were sporting upon the verge of a precipice but its slippery edge was concealed by flowers they were playing with the firebrands of death and thought they were roman candles and harmless rockets good morning bell said jeanette rowland to her cousin bell as she entered her cousin's sitting-room the morning after the party and found jeanette lounging languidly upon the sofa good morning it is a lovely day why are you not out enjoying the fresh air can't you put on your things and go shopping with me i think you have excellent taste and i often want to consult it well after all then i am of some account in your eyes of course you are who said you were not oh nobody only i had an idea that you thought that i was as useless as a canary bird i don't think that a canary bird is at all a useless thing it charms our ears with its song and pleases our eye with its beauty and i am a firm believer in the utility of beauty but can you or rather will you not go with me oh bell i would but i am as sleepy as a cat what's the matter i was up so late last night at mrs glossop's party but really it was a splendid affair everything was in the richest profusion and their house is magnificently furnished oh bell i wish you could have been there 
i don't there are two classes of people with whom i never wish to associate or number as my especial friends and they are rum sellers and slaveholders oh well mr glossop is not in the business now and what is the use of talking about the past don't be always remembering a man's sins against him would you say the same of a successful pirate who could fare sumptuously from the effects of his piracy no i would not but bell the cases is not at all parallel not entirely one commits his crime against society within the pale of the law the other commits his outside they are both criminals against the welfare of humanity one murders the body and the other stabs the soul if i knew that mr glossop was sorry for having been a liquor dealer and was bringing forth fruits meet for repentance i would be among the first to hail his reformation with heartfelt satisfaction but when i hear that while he no longer sells liquor that he constantly offers it to his guests i feel that he should rather sit down in sackcloth and ashes than fireside at sumptuous feasts obtained by liquor selling when crime is sanctioned by law and upheld by custom and fashion it assumes its most dangerous phase and there is often a fearful fascination in the sin that is environed by success oh bell do stop i really think that you will go crazy on the subject of temperance i think you must have written these lines that i have picked up somewhere let me see what they are tell me not that i hate the bowl hate is a feeble word no jeanette i did not write them but i have felt all the writer has so nervously expressed in my own sorrow darkened home and over my poor father's grave i learned to hate liquor in any form with all the intensity of my nature well it was a good thing you were not at mrs glossop's last night for some of our heads were rather dizzy and i know that mr romaine was out of gear now bell don't look so shocked and pained i'm sorry i told you yes i'm very sorry i had great hopes that mr romaine had entirely given up drinking and i was greatly pained when i saw him take a glass of wine at your solicitation jeanette i think mr romaine feels a newly awakened interest in you and i know that you possess great influence over him i saw it that night when he hesitated when you first asked him to drink and i was so sorry to see that influence oh jeanette instead of being its temptress try and be the angel that keeps his steps if mr romaine ever becomes a drunkard and goes down to a drunkard's grave i cannot help feeling that a large measure of the guilt will cling to your shirts oh bell do stop or you will give me the horrors pa takes wine every day at his dinner and i don't see that he is any worse off for it if charles romaine can't govern himself i can't see how i am to blame for it i think you are to blame for this jeanette and pardon me if i speak plainly when charles romaine was trying to abstain you tempted him to break his resolution and he drank to please you i wouldn't have done so for my right hand they say old coals are easily kindled and i shall be somewhat chary about receiving attention from him if you feel so deeply upon the subject jeanette you entirely misapprehend me because i have ceased to regard mr romaine as a lover does not hinder me from feeling for him as a friend and because i am his friend and yours also i take the liberty to remonstrate against your offering him wine at your entertainments well bell i can't see the harm in it i don't believe there was another soul who refused except you 
and mr freeman and you are so straight laced and he is rather green just fresh from the country it won't take him long to get citified citified or countrified i couldn't help admiring his strength of principle which stood firm in the midst of temptation and would not yield to the blandishments of the hour and so you will not go out with me this morning oh no bell i am too tired won't you excuse me certainly but i must go good morning what a strange creature my cousin bell is said jeanette to herself as miss gordon left the room she will never be like any one else i don't think she will ever get over my offering mr romaine that glass of wine i wish she hadn't seen it but i'll try and forget her and go to sleep but jeanette was not destined to have the whole morning for an unbroken sleep soon after bell's departure the bell rang and charles romaine was announced and weary as jeanette was she was too much interested in his society to refuse him and arraying herself in a very tasteful and becoming manner she went down to receive him in the parlour chapter six